I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, hustlers. We know that this 2024, the entrepreneurial journey is filled with challenges. An often overlooked aspect is the time-consuming task of processing payroll and managing government requirements. And did you know that the average admin spends a whopping 50 hours per month dealing with just government compliance? That's time you could be spending on growing your business, or let's be honest, taking a well-deserved break. But fear not, we got a game changer for you, introducing Sprout Solutions and their tailored solutions for MSMEs called the Payroll Starter. With Sprout Solutions Payroll Starter, you can finally reclaim your time and get your life back on track. Say goodbye to the stress of remembering tax dates or worrying about missed payroll runs. This bundle is designed to make your life easier and your business more efficient. And here's the best part. The cost starts just at 5,000 pesos per month for businesses with up to 10 employees. Yep, you heard that right. That's just 5,000 pesos per month. So why spend another minute routing in payroll paperwork when Sprout can revolutionize the way you manage your payroll and government requirements? Take the first step towards a more efficient business today. Visit sprout.ph slash payroll starter monthly 5k. If you missed that, don't worry. We have it in the description box of this episode. So click that too. And again, big shout out to Sprout Solutions because your time is too valuable to be spent on paperwork. Reclaim it with their payroll starter. Now let's begin this episode. The Hustle Share Podcast is brought to you by GoTime Bank. GoTime Bank is owned by the Gokong Wei Group, the same companies that brought you brands you love like Cebu Pacific and many more. GoTime Bank makes next level banking a breeze with its convenient account opening process. It takes less than five minutes to get started via the free app. Plus, get your GoTime Bank Visa card at one of their kiosks for free. Download the GoTime Bank app today and experience the next level of banking. You may visit www.gotime.com.ph for more details. Also by Capita. Capita's software solution seeks to automate the equity management process for startups, including workflows around cap tables, ESOPs, due diligence, and transactions. Sign up at capita.com to get started with your digital cap table, ESOP, award granting, and all things equity. Free for companies with under 25 stakeholders. Also brought to you by Paymongo, the payment gateway for business growth. Paymongo allows your business to accept online payments from your customers through Visa, MasterCard, Gcash, GrabPay, Maya, online banking, Buy Now, Pay Later, and many more. All with just one platform. Sign up for free at paymongo.com. And brought to you by SeekCap. SeekCap is a lending platform powered by UBX Philippines. With SeekCap, you can easily apply for a loan from 5,000 pesos up to 1 million pesos from the comfort of your own home nationwide. Visit www.seekcap.ph, sign up, and apply for a loan now. That's www.seekcap.ph. Take your business to new heights by seeking capital with SeekCap. Surrounding yourself with the right people early on 
is really key if you're talking about startups and founders. Welcome to Hustle Share, the podcast that features the daily grinds of unique hustlers around the world to show not our differences, but that our hustles are very much alike. Now here is your host, Ronster Beitiong. Welcome to this episode of our Share Podcast. This is easily one of the best views I've been on and always a refreshing place to, to do recording in Pasig, who's always going to be dear to me. But again, thank you very much for having us in this venue. And without further ado, let's welcome to the show the Managing Director of UBX, Mr. Jaime Garchitorena. Whoop, whoop. Hey, hey, Ron, welcome. And thanks for uh, having me on. Thank you for having us here, my God. <laughs> I can't stop looking around. This is one of the it's, easiest. It's, it's uh, nice, right? You got a great view of Laguna and Pasig. Yep. And oh, you can see all the way Laguna. All the way out. south, yeah. Oh yeah. You, you guys it. should be here. It's it's fantastic. Yes, absolutely. I wish you're here, but we'll just describe how good it is if you're listening to the podcast. But before I get carried away, Jaime. Yeah. Again, big fan. I'll do a shout out this early because my mom <laughs> <laughs> said, oh my God, you're in, you're interviewing Jaime. So just a little bit of a tidbit. My mom used to work for Jaime's mom, Miss VPG. I okay. know, right? At the Ayala Corp, I think. That the, Ayala Foundation. Ayala Foundation, so correct. There. So yeah. she, she, she's, uh, she stayed there for a good 17 years. And they used to do ballroom dancing together. Oh my God. Jewelry. Well, here's a shout out to your mom. Hey, okay. mom. Yeah. Rose Beichung, that's her name. Okay. Mama Fraud. Okay. <laughs> okay, but again, this is going to be exciting because I've heard, I've, I've actually been friends with you on Facebook for a long time now. I don't know if you know that. Oh, that's, that's but, I don't know if that's a good thing. You've been reading all the, my inner. No, it's good. I love it. <laughs> the, the dark thoughts posts, in my, my other golf posts. Okay. Okay. So, but again, um, I've been super interested in, again, now you're here in UBX. UBX. And I want to dissect your hustle. But before I get carried away, I okay. need to ask you. The million dollar question. Ding, ding, ding. Jaime, what's your hustle? So my hustle is right now open finance. Uh, mm-hmm. But the short story of that and the simpler way of saying that is what we'd like to do is make sure that everyone, and we literally mean everyone, oh. has an opportunity to access financial services when they need it, not when they're desperate for it. Yes. And that's, that's very important because, again, that timing in getting access Correct. can literally dictate the type of deal and the type of uh, whatever you're going to get because that sliver of say a day or two yeah you can go from hey i need it to like oh my god i'm desperate and you're gonna get bamboozled and and to your point desperation is not a time to make a financial decision so part of this is education Mm -hmm. how to manage your financial reputation moving Mm -hmm. forward and then knowing when you're going to need it and who to go to when you need it correct yeah because there are options and always the, options but again the last thing you want to do is having that emotional decision Correct. whether you're a business this is a business decision or it's a personal financial decision you got to know your options and open finance obviously is the the way to, to do that but again i need you yeah. to buckle up real quick all right let's go because again we have to go all the way back i want to understand who jaime was before he was doing ubx yeah okay <laughs> are you getting okay, I, gotta, I gotta i gotta uh, Warm up for this. Real Here quick. we go. Okay. Buckle up real quick because we're going to have to ride the nope. Hustle Share Time Machine. Whoop, whoop. There you go. All right. We're all the way back because I'm, again, big fan of what you've been doing. And I actually knew of you from your brother. Okay. 
because he used to work in Proud Cloud when I don't I forgot what startup he was working on. So this is Carlos, right? Yes, Carlos, Carlos right? And uh, again, it's like, oh, Garcia Torre, you look like your brother, and I assume that you guys are the sons of Miss VPG. Uh, I hope so. Okay. At least that's what we were told. <laughs> you guys are. Yeah, okay. But again, I, I've known of you guys and I wanted to understand the early exposures to hustling that you've seen in your life. Okay. Because at the end of the day, for us, yes, we will develop a skill stack to yeah. our tendencies, to our potential, eventually realizing that. But we all had role models. Yep. And I wanted to know who those role models were for you and how did you get exposed to hustling early on in your life? Okay, so obviously I think almost anyone will has a first point of contact for any type of hustle. And that hustle is usually generated by a, a point of need, right? Yep. And so my first role models in terms of hustling were my parents. Yep. My mother has a very great background, obviously both from fairly well-known families in society, but their origin stories, if you like, are fairly humble as well. Yep. And that type of environment was shown the most in the early 80s when things weren't doing well for the Philippine economy. Martial law. Martial law. And of course, the economy wasn't doing so well. Manufacturing was going down. And everyone, literally everyone, unless you were super, super rich, talaga, yeah. which we weren't, mm -hmm. had to find some way to make ends meet. Okay. And, you know, I'm still part of that generation where we had raised our pigs in the backyard Whoa. because it was going to be the christening of Carlos. Okay. Wow. And we were bringing in our relatives from the province, raising a pig in the backyard, slaughtering the pig in the backyard, wow. uh, making do with whatever little empty space we had to grow right. vegetables, try to just make ends meet in an urban setting. This is Tondo. I remember reading the coffee table book of your mom. Or her, the, the book was her life and lessons, but I forgot. Right. Uh, yeah. And then she described her early hustles also in the book. And she said, "If I'm correct me if I'm wrong, she grew up in Tondo, is it? Well, there was a time when Tondo was a very affluent neighborhood. Right, right. Yeah. Not the Tondo that we know. Not the Tondo we know. No disrespect, but not yeah, the Tondo yeah. that we know today. But she grew up there and then, is it is this the setting or is it a different setting? No, now? this is a different setting. So my obviously my parents were married. Okay. We were in a second house. Okay. It was a big property, but super rundown. As in literally when we first moved in. During the first typhoon, we had like a dozen buckets all over the floor because oh the whole the roof was just full of holes. Oh my but it was a great story because my mom, you know, my mom's very, very smart and she's very financial savvy. Summa cum laude physics. And yeah, so numbers are her thing, right? And so she was able to leverage off whatever savings they had and some loan, I think, from SSS at the time or some mm. government agency. And we were able to buy this fairly large house. But in it was a house that was built, I think, around the 40s and the, and the 50s. Wow. So it was a really old house. Wow. And it showed. So, you know, we had that thing. It had a big garden, but it was full of weeds. It was swampy. So not something that you would say you might see me living in right now, okay. but definitely an indication of how we started and how my parents really pulled themselves up with what, what as much as they had, they didn't have as much as most people think. Mm. And they really started at, at some lower point than, than you would imagine. Got it. Now, yeah. At this point, what were the early hustles that you remember doing that kind of given you the exposure that you, you now still do? Like, you know, in terms of skill stack, were you doing sales, were you helping out and or did, was that in school? No, actually, I everything I learned, most of it didn't come from school. Oh, yeah. Okay. So during those times in the, I think that was either late, very late 70s or very early 80s, my 
aunt who lived about five houses from us had a business called Edu Toys. And what they did was they got, you know, scrap foam and scrap. They would have uh, little panels of cloth printed and they would make bricks for kids to throw. You know, like the letters and the colors and things like that. So we, uh, we would, I don't know if people still remember this. You have to be, ask your mom or ask your Lola. <laughs> Uh, the only thing that kids play now is Lato Lato. No, uh, no, no. So, you know you know where the intersection of Shaw Boulevard and Edsa is, yes, right? Crossing. Crossing. There used to be a place there called Edsa Central. I think that's still there. It, so they still call it Edsa Central. Right. I haven't been there in a while, but yeah. we rented a stall there. Mm-hmm. And I used to go there during summers and sell in the store. Uh, it's Greenfield now. It's Greenfield area. now. Yes. Correct. And so it was kind of weird because, you know, Mestizos like me are fairly mm. popular. I mean, not popular, but, you know, common now. But yeah. in the 70s and 80s, not so. Mm-hmm. And more so, if you're talking about Mestizos like me in a stall, in a, what essentially right. is a dry goods market, mm-hmm. selling educational toys. Nice. So my, that's my first experience in terms of a hustle. And also, again, learning from my parents. They weren't too proud to say, hey, why don't we try this out? Why don't we generate extra money? And for good measure, why don't we put our son there? It was super hot. I in dry market talaga. <laughs> aircon. It's not like the, the Green Hills kind Correct. of thing. Nope, nope. No, talaga. Mm. And, you know, maybe you're saying, oh, rich people problems. But no, I was 12 years old. I didn't know better. My parents seemed well off. Mm. And yet I was there selling with the palenqueras and the tinderas and all What of did that. you discover about yourself during this early stint? That I didn't mind the heat. Oh. <laughs> and it's funny, you know, when you're, when you're about... <laughs> When, I know it's like these weird things, right, that are most significant. But one of the things is that, and this is going to sound really, I hope people don't take this the wrong way, but when your parents are a certain level in society, of course, even if you don't have that much money, people treat you different. Yes. And because treat, people treat you different, you also think you're different from other people. But when you're a kid in a dry market, with Tinderas, who are obviously nowhere near our social status, you develop a relationship with them and you begin to see them as people. And plus, the other thing, of course, they had a little white kid toy running around the halls of that dry goods market. <laughs> and you know, they, would, they would give me little things like the, you know, what they were selling, they would give me a little thing. So it really exposed me early on to not the lowest. Clearly, there could be a lower area of financial transactions and right. business. But these made these people human. And they... they while I didn't know what they needed, I didn't know their exact social status or their place in life, mm. it created a foundation of connectivity. Like they're not different. And it, it helped me later on when I went to college and uh, high school. I never minded taking the Jeep. Uh, there are mm. times when I would spend my money on snacks and I would walk home from Ateneo and I lived in San Juan. What? Because it's only five <laughs> kilometers away. At five kilometers in this heat now? Exactly. That can and kill that's, you though. There, that, there's the heat portion again, right? <laughs> right. So all of these are really, really early foundations to take me away from this, whatever over sense of privilege I might have Got it. because of my parents, which they didn't instill in me, by, by the way, and just made me a little bit more grounded. So I went to Ateneo, but I took the bus or I'd bike to school. Or like I said, I would wow. walk home. Aurora I Boulevard is the... Oh my God, Aurora yeah. Boulevard. There was a time, literally, <laughs> you would walk home from Aurora Boulevard. From That's five kilometers. Yeah. And by the time you got to San Juan, we lived near Pinaglabanan. So it's kind of the right, edge of right. San Juan and as well. And Domingo area. Correct. Mm. Puro libag na yung, uh, yung batok mo. <laughs> so whatever shirt you have, you know, you'd look yeah. at the collar and that's that's all jeepney diesel right yeah, there. Yeah. So those were my early hustles, if you wow. like. Yeah. That's amazing. And just imagine the people skills that you, you're able to develop. And again, that just also humbles you the rest of your life because that sticks, right? Regardless of what you do. And, and as you move along with your career, 
for sure whatever you learned yeah. during that time still applies. And it not just made you humble. It makes you grateful. I'll tell you a story. Mm -hmm. Before high school, I was in Savior. And again, I would have this habit of spending my jeepney money on some candy nearby. But so I had this one, I think it was 25 cents na lang oh. I had. So anyway, the jeepney driver took me in and he goes, I go, I only gave 25 cents. So he, he took my 25 cents. Okay. But he also asked, because it was like five o'clock, I'd stayed playing basketball in school and it was right. getting dark. And he goes to me, boy, saan ka nakatira? And I said, manong dun po ako sa looban dito. Kasi it was really a side street, right, right. Escanita. And this, this jeepney driver who didn't know me from Adam was probably in a rush to get home to his terminal. He said, hatid na kita. Wow. So, again, I was eternally grateful. This mm -hmm. is a guy who had certainly less means than we did. Yeah. But at the time, he just took the time to say, this kid might get lost or, right. you know, it's getting dark. Let me take him home. And that area of Pinaglabanan and Domingo, I mean, now, uh, if you turn the wrong way, yeah. you will end up in the wrong side of town. You're in the Easy. wrong side of town. And you can be in grave dangers, especially the walls of San Juan City. Are all high if something happens Nobody to you? Nobody knows, right? Nobody knows. Yeah. So <laughs> the fact that he took me home to an older house in a smaller part of the neighborhood that might not have been so safe at five or six in the evening was, wow. again, one of the high, you know, these high water marks in, oh my God, these are people. I'm a person. We look at each other. There's nothing different. How can I help? The reason why I know that is that's where I studied grade school. I don't know if you've ever heard about the school called Community of Learners. In no, the not familiar. Area. It's oh, a, in the Valencia area. Yeah, yeah near um, uh, Broadway Centrum. Yes, correct. So that's why it's a progressive school. Yeah. That yeah, I, I grew up in. That's well. Anyway, I want to understand now. So, high school, college, what's the first job, and what did you learn, and what did you do in terms of the hard skills and the, the soft skills? Because this is now where we talk about the skill stack that you develop. So, you already had the people skills. You knew how to to hustle. You didn't mind getting rolling up your sleeve, but what were the next steps that you were now building in your career? Okay, and I don't want to sound like a, trying to be an inspirational figure, but this is very important for me. Okay. I'm not a college graduate. What? Yeah. How? Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm not a college graduate. I did not know But that. I do have a master's degree from the Asian Institute of Management, oh. and there's a whole story behind oh, that. That is amazing. Okay, how did that work? Okay, so uh, you know how when you think a different way... So my parents taught us very early on to always question. Mm -hmm. In fact, all of us, to a child, always got into trouble with some teacher yep. that said something wrong. We would, of course, open our mouths and correct <laughs> them in front of the class. And this yep. was even in grade school. Mm -hmm. And it was never a pretty sight because it was always seen as a disruptive uh, behavior. Mm. And in college, the same thing happened to me. So mm. we were, I don't know if, uh, if it's still taught in school, but there was this thing called the theology of liberation kind mm. of uh, educational yeah, I studied framework. studied in UST and that can be very rigid in terms of how they interpret and teach things. Correct. So we were, we were discussing the, the idea that it's our mission as Christians or as Catholics mm. to spread the mission. And I don't mean this to, uh, turn, to, to turn this into a religious podcast. <laughs> But, okay. but anyway, the teacher said, it's our mission to go to the furthest corners of the, of the world and spread the word, right? Yeah. And so I asked a very practical question. I said, well, ma'am, I understand that from a re religious perspective. Mm -hmm. But from the perspective of many times, the religious evangelization is followed by a destruction of a culture. Just Absolutely. because you drag everything else with you, Spanish not just the religion. Whatever. Yeah, and if, even today, right? You move into an area, you think you're helping them, you're bringing them into the 21st century, but it's so hard to preserve culture. 
Correct. And she just said, why are you such a heretic or something what? like that? Yeah, I know. It's like heresy, burn me at the stake oh now. Oh my right? God. Uh, so I was like, Torquemada, is that you? Oh uh, so, oh so I said, you know, ma'am, if we can't have this kind of conversation in this class, I really don't want to be part of your class. Wow. And so I wow. walked out. I walked okay. out of class. And this happened not in one subject, but in two subjects. So if you ask me, what are the two subjects that got you kicked out of Ateneo? Ask me. What are the two subjects that got you kicked out of Ateneo? Religion. Oh my God. And Heretic. English. What? English. English, what? English. Did you correct someone with subject verb agreement? What did yeah. <laughs> Let's just say my uh, English professor was not very tolerant of people who didn't think he was a genius. So he had the ego play, he didn't check it at the door. He didn't check it at the door. And he liked to take it out on students. And in fact, when I when he said, Mr. Garcirena, you did something, blah, blah, blah. You know, someone walk, after I walked out of class, someone came up to me and said, you know what? So many other people in class have the same record as you, but he's never called them out. You're the only one because you call him out on certain things. That's just, just brazen. I love it. And I have similar... Accounts, I almost failed, but I finally got it over the hump. I sucked at math, but I relied on my classmates several times to, to pull me out. But I also got a lot of trouble because I was a class clown. Ah, I was making... Go. I was the smart ass, you were the clown. <laughs> Perfect friends yeah. in college. <laughs> no, right? I, I got in so much trouble, but again, the tapang. All that right. you have to speak up in yeah. front. Man, that's still the, the core skill yeah. that I have now that... I'm not afraid to speak up. Yeah. The only difference before is I'm doing it to make fun of people yeah. and myself, right? At, right. The, at the same, or my, my, my teacher. Right. But once I learned how to harness that properly, it was game over. Yeah. It was game over because now I learned how to sell. I yeah. learned how to persuade. I learned how to deal with authority, right? People correct. who are perceived to be more important than you in a room, but you had something you thought that was more important yes. than and that. Most people would, would choke. Like they yeah. won't even say Intimidated. Anything. Correct. And, but at an early age, if you had that and you learn how to use it for you, then that's magic. How did you learn to use that for you in, in a positive note since you already had that? And unfortunately, you can't teach that. Eh? That's innate. Yeah, well, right? it's, it was taught by my parents, the constant questioning. Got it. And it's also aligned to the Jesuit theme of one foot on the ground, one foot in the air. Got it. You, you know, there can be no absolutes. There has exactly. to be some type of… Mm -hmm. Except maybe maybe for canon law, whatever. But that's another. So again, not a, not a religious don't podcast. Don't believe in extremes. Yeah, don't believe. Yeah, believes in extremes. I think I think there's something to be th said about respecting authority too much. There is a stage in your life where either you have the right to question authority, yeah. or where there is a level of certainty that you have on certain facts that should allow you to question authority. Got it. Not everyone knows everything, and you just have to realize. Well, I, I don't know if it was Ignatius that said, again, mm. Lord, teach, grant me the wisdom to know what I can change, what I can't, and know the difference in between. Correct. And so there's that level of first, know as much as you can, and mm. you're never going to know everything, but then have a self-awareness of what you're certain about and what you might be uncertain about or what you don't know. And when you're certain about something, don't be afraid to say Absolutely. it. Absolutely. You yeah. just have to, have, to, you have to really fight for it. Now, okay, walk, walk me through the first few hustles before we take our first break. So, Again, how did then ma this materialize when you were now working after doing your MBA and whatnot? Well, actually, the, the first hustle even was even before that. Because okay. you have to ask me, what did I do when I got kicked out of school? What did you do when you got kicked out of school? Yeah. <laughs> you are such a good host. <laughs> Thanks for giving me the school. <laughs> 
bad. So, and, and I think everyone's got to figure this out. The first thing I did was stay away from any type of intellectual educational exercise as much as I could. So I became an? Artist. Correct. Matic. Okay. Tama. Yeah. So I became a singer so where I learned to do contracts. I learned how to value myself mm. and a talent. I didn't have any assets, but I had skills. Wow. And then from there, that really helped me. So between the experience with people who were not like me, Mm. Uh, in, in from a societal perspective, mm-hmm. my experience with educational frameworks and how to express authority while I was in school. Wow. And then to understand, if I don't have anything, how can I express my worth? And then meron ka palang halaga, which is the singing and then the acting. As bad as the acting was, apparently people were willing to pay for it. So wow. there you go. <laughs> but how did that turn into, because again, being an artist never leaves you. It doesn't. If you learn to express it in different forms and ways eventually, especially in a corporate structure. Correct. But the artist is always going to be yeah. the same inside. I, I feel the same way. I had musical things and then I realized, nope, not for me. I, 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 I know where I have probably the highest potential and I carved down that path. Correct. But I express it differently. Correct. Right? And now this podcast is obviously my artistic avenue to, to have these conversations. How did you then harness those two? Being an artist, having that the bravado and having the outspokenness to really fight for your thoughts into then a more structured corporate structure. Okay. Well, first of all, you have to understand that performing in front of a Filipino audience is really hard. Filipino audiences don't come to a venue and the moment you get on stage, unless you're some superstar, go crazy, right? In their minds, I've seen this uh, and Mm -hmm. it's it's a little bit disconcerting. Mm -hmm. People will buy the most expensive, which in the Philippines is the front, but they will also show the least reaction to yep. your performance. They're the cool ones. They're the ones, huh, okay, perform for me, monkey. <laughs> they're kind of like that. Unless they're K-pop, then Unless they're K-pop, that's they're right. Do that. so, in, mm-hmm. so you have to be playing to an audience that initially doesn't seem to like what you're doing, but you're, it's kind of weird because they paid a lot of money to see you up front. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, it, my thought process is why are they like that? Oh, because they're counting. Kailan ba masusulit yung binayad nila? Correct. So the sooner you cross that threshold of value proposition to them, the sooner they're, they're going to be saying, Uy, kita na ako dito. Sulit na, na ako dito. ROI na ako. Mm-hmm. So if you can't do that in the first one or two or three songs, then you're going to have a hard time doing a 10-song set. Yep. And it's the same when you're making a pitch, right? It's a sales. It's the first exactly, five minutes. Correct. If you don't win them over, yeah. it's uphill after. Correct. That. Because after a while, they're drifting. They're looking at their phone. They, yeah. you know, they're making notes and thinking, okay, well, you know, when's my coffee coming? Right. And thinking like about lunch. <laughs> so either you open, you know, I mean, as weird as it sounds, you you have to have some type of shock value, right? yeah. some opening statement, some opening remark that gets their attention and says, hey, I'm, I'm a serious player here. Got it. So, and in music, in performing, it's a choice. Mm-hmm. Do you start with a very subtle song that eases the people into it? And then you kind of gauge your temperature from there. And you have the flexibility to go back to your band manager and signal him, okay, let's do number th- song number three right. instead of song number two. Screw oh, the set list. Screw the set list. Mm-hmm. That's not what they want. Mm-hmm. Or do you just come in and just, you know, demolish them with some yeah. song from Van Halen and uh, Sammy <laughs> wow. Hagar screaming his heart out? So Amazing. these are choices that you make on the fly. And so this is how the same thing happens when you're making a pitch, especially when you have my background, Nindi Mashadung, solid in terms of industry mm. and they only see us as an artist that's certainly a point of interest literally let's see this monkey dance and see what you can do right but then what comes out of your mouth next mm. is super important absolutely and that's that's kind of where where entertainment and showbiz paid off in the corporate world my first startup was a nightlife app 
Okay. So I love to party. I, I okay. I was gonna, you know, like that could be other yes. options. No, in no, the but that's also where I learned how to do small talk within, the, and my 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 window to get people's attention is probably fifteen seconds tops. Right. It's in a club. You're screaming. The ooch, ooch, like, ooch, yeah, ooch, like, ooch. hey, bro, like, you can't yeah. be saying hey. What's up? Like yeah. what? That's yeah, a no. weird entry. Yeah, let's get to the point, man. Right? And good. how do you get people's yeah. attention okay. and energy? And a lot of it, actually, what I've learned aside from what you said is you got to get their attention. It's body language. Yeah. Right? You can't be coming in like, oh, you're fidgety. And, yeah, it's uh, like you look like a stalker. Right? Or you know, you look like <laughs> you a look creep. You look like a creep. <laughs> it's like, it's like. Well, well, when you're beaming, you're smiling, you look confident. Yeah. That also applies in a pitch. So that's why when we… Press the play button, all of a sudden, yeah, boom, it's like, that, boom. The energy's right the up there. The nightlife guy is back up. There's just no tugs tugs. And, and maybe just for that, because usually there's always performance anxiety, whatever yes. you do, right? I'll tell you this, guys. I had a bucket mm. off stage because right before I got on stage, literally seconds before I got on stage, I would probably throw. Oh my God. That, that's, that, that's, so don't, oh, he, yeah, he was so natural when he got on stage. No. So, no, no, you're, and I, I don't know if I can say, you're shitting yourself right yep, before yep. you get on that stage. Yep. But the moment you're there, there's no room for that. Yep. You gotta yep. be able to turn it on. Exactly, and yeah. be Madonna. Yeah, <laughs> even at her age. Yes, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> okay, now let's take our first break and when we come back now, we'll talk about corporate Jaime. Uh -oh. And all the way to how this became, again, the, the managing director of UBX. But let's talk about that more after the break. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey guys, I have a very, very exciting opportunity I want to share with you guys. If you're a B2B startup founder, listen up. Your ticket to growth is here. Introducing Impact24, the Philippines' largest B2B SaaS challenge. Calling all startups in their pre-launch, pre-seed, or seed stages. This is your chance to accelerate your growth. Submit your pitch to Impact24 and get ready for a 10-week intensive program to elevate your solution. What's in it for you? How about up to 500,000 pesos in MVP project support, exclusive credits from industry partners, personalized mentoring, and a shot to pitch at SASCON PH, the country's biggest SAS conference this April. But yo, you gotta hurry up because submissions close on January 26, 2024 already. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your startup to new heights. Apply now at saschallenge.ph that's sasschallenge.ph. And good luck, and I'll see you guys in Impact 24. 
And we're back from the break. We are still with Jaime Gerchitoreno and told us it's an amazing path. Because I, I love it when artists figure out that being an artist doesn't always just limit you to the art that you want to perform. Correct. It applies and it's actually, actually multi-potentialite. So it remi reminds me of a, a great artist. His name is Herbert Hernandez of okay. Gigil Group. Okay. He is the bassist or guitarist of Moonstar 88. Oh yeah, okay. Forgot the other brand. Moonstar, I think Moonstar. And then there's another one. I forgot. Oh no, Six Cycle Mind. Yeah. So two bands. But he also owns Gigil Group, one of the most outstanding ad agencies out there. They're oh, the nice. ones doing Netflix, all these crazy commercials oh, that okay. you see. Yeah. And he says everything that he learned from being a musician mm -hmm. is just another avenue to do it. In it's the another stage. Exactly. It's another stage. Exactly. Yeah. And at the end of the day, they, he says that regardless of what he's doing, whether it's a band or in a corporate setting, it's a team sport. Yeah. You can, yes, you will have your solo moments, your mm -hmm. instrumental solo where you're the star. Yep. But you always have to be in harmony with who you work with. That's right. And you can't be like, all of a sudden, screw the tempo, screw the rhythm. Yeah. It's me, right? And that's what it is. Now, I want to understand from your point of view, how did you then, again, apply all of these learnings, the pitches, to now the first big major hustle that probably carved out this path you're currently on? Okay, so the, the big game changer, this would not have happened if a series of fortunate events didn't lead me to applying at the Asian Institute of Management for an exper then experimental course they had, which was in entrepreneurship. Mm. So I'd already done my side hustles. I was a party host. I started producing parties. Uh, yeah, well, I went from one bottle of tequila a night to, God, please don't let me drink <laughs> any more tequila. <laughs> Uh, so that was, yeah, so I had these concepts of business, very creative, very able to structure things, but no formal education. And in the Philippines, mm. uh, let's face it, as unfortunate as that is, mm. if you don't have a formal education or a strong nope. educational background, it's very hard and very hard for entrepreneurs that find their calling early and it's not in education. It's not in a formal education path, but that's another story. Mm. So and I found myself graduating from this class. So I had now a, a legitimate world-recognized institution that was willing to vouch for my intellectual Absolutely. capacity mm -hmm. and so I and still I had a hard time finding work so you know I asked my friend who said hey can you assess the viability of my bar because someone wants to buy me out so I learned about acquisitions I learned I mean, about hey, okay. equity investments yeah. and how people screw each other by putting in more <laughs> money to minimize the participation dilution. of their dilution mm -hmm. correct and then I took a job uh, again from a friend who said hey you know what we need a sales manager for our Furniture manufacturing company. Wow. And so I, for, I went from bar. And, and by the way, that bar experience is very interesting because I didn't come in as a manager. I said, if you want me to know what's wrong with your business, put me in as the bartender. What? Because your customers talk to the bartender and the waiters talk to yeah, the bartender. That's the front line. And at that time, it was very logical for them. They bought the story because all they knew I was an artista. They didn't know I was a graduate from the Asian Institute of Management. So they bought it. And then so people thought I was just an artista hustling on the side to become a bartender. So I got all the information I needed and then we, we, we solved that problem. And then same, furniture factory. And what I learned in the furniture factory, the first thing I told the owners of furniture factory, you know what will improve production? They go, what? Give your employees nice bathrooms for God's sake. Make them want to come to work, even if it's to take a shit. Right. Instead of taking a shit at Have home. Have a bidet. Well, it's no, no. modern na yung bidet. At that time, malinis na banyo, right, okay right. na lang yun. But now it's a it's job. Must have, yeah, right? It's a must have. <laughs> it's a must have. 
especially in the men's room, guys. Yeah. We need bidets too. Yeah. <laughs> It's not a female thing. I feel very right. biased. I'm, I'm so unseen in the toilet. Oh my god! Uh, so, so yeah. So there, the the first job, mm. you know, operational. You shouldn't be afraid to be a frontliner. In fact, that's where you get the best information. The second one is sometimes the problem is not what you think the problem is, but really it's a motivational thing. And fixing a toilet was certainly more cheaper than buying a half a million peso piece of equipment that everyone kept insisting was the problem. It really wasn't the problem. It yeah. was employee morale. Then I, again, very fortunate. Some of my early successes, and each one was a success, by the way. I got that guy out of the restaurant deal. He, wow. he got out before he lost money. Nice. The, I, I brought up sales in that furniture company by 20% in the first year, just by wow. changing the toilet. So the investment was very mm -hmm. low. And then when I went into this, and my, my, my boss said, hey, you know, I'm losing 5 million pesos a year on this business. Can you help me decide whether to keep it open or to close it? And I looked wow. at it. I said, "Let's keep it open." And now it's still there. It's over over twenty years old. And then I so that was the Nexus Group, mm -hmm. and I moved up through the, the different set of companies. So I experienced the first one was edu IT education. The second one was software development. Then I had a little side bits helping out with their ERP development. Mm -hmm. uh, we built the first massive website for ABS-CBN. So wow. I was part of that. So I was getting a huge education in IT and business just by working. Mm. Entrepreneurship is kind of vague, mm. but the more industries you work in, the yep. more you learn about the businesses. Yep. And I seem to pick up very quickly on, on IT. And you, you interconnect each other at the end of the day. There's no experience that doesn't fit because at the end of the day, if you're really able to connect the dots along with the skill stack that you develop, then it becomes solid. But I want to understand one thing. Yeah. Because I've been through, again, first startup was a nightlife app. My second start that failed. Yeah. Six years of doing that, lost everything. Second startup is a chatbot business. So dev shop. Right. Right. And then now it's podcasting. Right. If you just look at it from a paper point of view, this shit doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like this, this path, how the hell did this happen? Yep. But I mean, there is interconnectivity between that path till now. But every single time I also kind of go into a different industry, there's massive imposter syndrome. Of All course. of a sudden, it's that stage fright again. Yeah. How did you get over that? And how did you feel like, oh my God, I belong here now in the IT and business industry? You never get over it. Mm. In fact, there's a maxim in artistry or in performing. If you're not nervous when you get on stage, that means you don't care anymore. So on the one hand, imposter syndrome is just understanding that you're not perfect, yep. that this is not always the perfect solution, but it's the best that you have now. Now, the, where it takes you, that doubt, does that turn into a crippling paralysis mm. or does it come into a comforting realization that you have the best what you have and your client will appreciate that? Yeah. So imposter syndrome, in fact, they say it's a little bit different, right? The imposters are the ones that know and the ones that think they know are the imposters. Ah, uh, Dunning-Kruger effect. Yeah. There you go. So there's that thing that goes along. And maybe to your point, no, you, if it, it doesn't look like it makes sense, I like to tell people that the physical manifestation of your business is really superficial. So whether it's a podcast or whether you're a singer or whether you're selling something, that's the physical superficial manifestation of a core idea, which is I can do something better and I can sell it. So that's your core. That's why every time you do something, whether it fails or not, the physical manifestation might fail. But the core of understanding that there was a gap in the industry, in the supply chain, in the financial supply chain, that's what you're trying to solve. Yeah. 
And that's where you build on. You don't build on the failure of the superficiality, mm -hmm. but you build on the processes and the experiences that you build upwards. That's amazing. Now, I, I just want to zero in on several things here. So from Nexus Group, you had multiple marketing positions and you became director in SpinWeb, then become CEO or president. As you moved up this ladder, there's also higher stakes as leaders. Yep. I want to understand two things. Number one, how did you evolve as a leader? And you know, as a leader, it doesn't matter who you are and how much expert expertise you've done, you will fuck it up. There will yep. be massive mistakes that will leave a dent in your heart. Oh, scar tissue. Scar tissue that you thought you know it all until you, you, you fuck it up again. Yep. What were those mistakes that left a dent in your heart that eventually made you a better leader? So maybe talking smack to teachers in college helped okay. me a lot here. <laughs> uh, because in every job that I had, uh -huh. it was always led initially by someone who thought they knew what they were doing. So me being the newcomer, it was always a risk. In fact, there was one, there was one job that I took and I'm not going to say what it was. Mm -hmm. But the general manager was trying to hide something from the board. And, you know, I, I kind of, I didn't tell the board. I told my superior manager and it leaked out and got him. And so in a management meeting, he goes, my, that person was hiding something, said, why are you telling them this? I go, I'm not telling them this to harm you. I'm telling this so we can help find a solution yeah. to it. And he walked out of the room. I never came back. And so my boss at the time looks at me and says, so I guess you're it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's been like that a lot. <laughs> and, um, wow. Yeah, it, even the job at the Credit Information Corporation. So yeah. that was prior to this, the biggest project I'd ever done. This was literally the board saying, and I'm, this is no disrespect to them. It's because at the time it was a very small concern. Mm -hmm. He goes, Jaime, you're the president. I go, I'm not qualified to be the president. Yeah, but you're the only one with the time. <laughs> so it wasn't even a glowing, <laughs> it wasn't even a glowing recommendation, right? Okay. But I took that company from nothing to what it is today before yeah. uh, I was replaced. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that's how you deal with it. There's no, palakasan na lang ng loob means and uh, if you fail, then at least it's a thing on your resume. Mm -hmm. And as long as you have a good reason for failing, like you didn't, you know, it's not like you absconded the money or you're whatever. I mean, you did your best. You were appointed to the position. You followed the rules. You got things done. It just didn't measure up and you had to go. That's and you that's fail honorably at the end of the day. At the end of the day. If you're able to really just put everything that you can on the things that you can control, because there's so many things that can go wrong that's outside of your control. You're, you're deluding yourself if mm. you think that you're always going to hit a home run. Nope. You're gonna, Sometimes a bunt is so hard. <laughs> and most of the time you miss. Yep. That's why a point, that's why a 30% average on batting is such an incredible exactly. stat, right? Mm -hmm. Because 30% is good na nga in many cases. Exactly. So again, these are the things that, again, are in your control and outside of your control. But one thing that I've also learned with regards to failure is that how you fail also matters. Yeah. Because you can fail without honor and burn every single bridge that, are, that is Correct. out there. Correct. And guess what? Is that your last stint? No. Probably not. And word not. gets around. If you screw people up, if you can just try your best, people can tell. If you do it with honor… And again, if you fail and it just really wasn't meant for you and there are things that are just not timing-wise or not falling into place, you're probably going to get a good recommendation yeah. for your next stint. So I want to understand there now. So again, you're being CEO president. What were the things that you failed on that, again, set you up for to become a better leader? Because I always look at failure now as a ladder. Yeah. Right? 
every failure allows you to step up and step up and step up. What were those distinct failures that you remember? Okay, but maybe before we get into that, mm-hmm. just, just a quick note on burning bridges. Right. Some bridges you have to burn. Yes. Because there's an old saying, tell me who your friends are and tell who you are. Absolutely. If you don't know how to cut ties with people that are bad for you or bad people that don't do anything for you, then you're going to be burdened by a lot of friends, but nobody trusts you because they don't know which side you're on. Yep. So don't be afraid of burning bridges. You know, mm-hmm. Again, that's, a, that's an internal compass that you have to have. Yes. And I guess, in, so you're asking me, Padam, what are my bigger failings, mm-hmm. right? So I, I guess I can be very headstrong because I do like to do a lot of pre-work before I do my job. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I'm, and not to brag, but sometimes I'm ahead of the curve. Nice. And you have to learn how to bring people to that point of your realization. And that's why it has, it's, all, it's also good to surround yourself with a team of people who can tell you what's what. Got it. So I always say that, and remember I said, you fall into these, but people are sometimes pushed into greatness, right? It's not always handed to you. Mm-hmm. So it's like a surgeon. When a surgeon cuts open someone, he doesn't go into it saying, oh my gosh, I hope I can cure this person. <laughs> no, because like, I don't want that. I want the doctor that's sure he's going <laughs> to cure me. Right. Um, even if he's not God. Yeah. But when he cuts into you, you are confident that he is confident. And that, yeah. that's a good thing for any situation, whether it's, whether it's surgery or business. But then a doctor with the absolute confidence has confidence because he has his equipment. Yep. He's practiced. He has a competent nurse beside him. Maybe he even has a second doctor to give him a second opinion. That's the kind of team you have to build. You have to be absolutely confident yourself, but at the same time, have also the absolute confidence to develop a set of people around you that yes. can nudge you in the right way that you know you're receptive to, that won't delude you into thinking that you're always doing the right thing. Yep. And that is probably the way to, the best way to balance out your need for self-confidence and surety with the knowledge that you're not always right. Got it. All right. Now let's fast forward to this building that's so amazing. <laughs> How did yeah. it go from being CEO president to going to UBX? Because again, this institution, this bank, and the type of products that you guys are building are always five to 10 steps ahead. Okay. I've, I've had uh, several episodes ago, I've had the former CEO of Union Digital Bank, RV, yeah. yeah. who then told me that the lightning fast speed that he had to do just to make sure they ship product or else they miss the boat and Correct. UB Digital will, will not exist. How did you get into this opportunity and why did you jump ship? Well, so the role in my previous CEO job was a political appointee. Got it. And so that, that's natural that you move out of your job. But people ask me, oh, you're working for UBX now. Isn't that a downgrade? Kasi CEO ka dati. But I came in here kasi managing one product lang. Which one? Yung Bucks. Bucks. Got oh. it. So it okay. is just a payment gateway. Got and it. first of all, it wasn't a downgrade because mm. as much as I'd learned in credit information, I still knew there were gaps in my knowledge and payments was one of those gaps because in credit, all the people see is how you pay or don't pay. Right. But what they don't see is the from the business side is the transactional flows that actually show the lender how a borrower manages to pay. And so by putting myself in a fintech, I put myself in a situation where I could learn more about the back end of that lending process. And how did Bucks really transform the payment process that you guys are building? Because obviously... You were very deliberate over learning that process. Correct. And what did you end up building while you were there? So 
to be fair, Box was quite well designed from a, a technology perspective. Yep. Except that what it didn't quite understand was how to communicate the advantages of using Box mm. to the person using it and how to attach it to credit. Makes sense. So, for example, it has a fantastic dashboard mm. that will show you exactly how much you're making. Right? But there was no export facility. So if you have all of that data and that's proof of your capacity to transact or your capacity to manage money, how do you now share that data to someone who's interested in, in either investing in you as a business or lending you money for your business? So I know you, we, we built these little facilities that married my experience with how people get credit to this really great application that was able to capture all of your transactions. So it's little things like that, that, you know, like we said, it all stitches together in some way. And I knew as, as high as I was as CEO, of a national company, mm -hmm. the learnings I had there was not enough to fulfill my main objective, which is how to give everyone credit. How to make credit accessible to everyone. Because right. it only showed me the top portion, the end state. Mm -hmm. It didn't show me all of the stuff that was needed for the data subject or the customer, the borrower to get to that end and state. And that needs to match because how can you even give credit or loans to anyone if you are not able to really match up easily and quick, correct. quickly? Correct, correct. Their, their score, if that even exists, uh, yeah. or, and how the, what are the tendencies of these people Correct. as they try to, or they qualify for these things, or even businesses, which again, shout out to UBX for creating CCAP. Yeah, CCAP for sure. And just CCAP, again, shout out to Magellan. When he was running Acudine, that was the only place where a startup who probably doesn't have a good credit history. Right. Some of them are not even incorporated. <laughs> right. Will need like, oh my God, I have so much accounts receivable. Correct. And I need cash flow for payroll tomorrow. Right. How am I going to do that? And now this is a way, way, way better four or five years in with CCAP where you're not just limited to the five, six. Right. Or good luck trying to get a bank loan traditionally. Or asking from mom and dad or, or relatives. Or mom and pop or from yeah. tita. Yeah. Or tito. Yeah. And, naman tito. Yeah. <laughs> and you guys have created this, which is perfect because you already had a background in credit. Correct. You had the exposure in doing box. And now you're, you're at the top managing director of UBX. And you have a product like CCAP. Talk to me about how powerful that combo is. So it's super powerful, right? Because most of the time... Loans are based on two things. One is character, which is hard to define. <laughs> are you a good boy or are a bad boy? Are you a good boy, boy yeah. <laughs> and, the hence, uh, uh, and then the other one is uh, capacity, right? Yeah. And then there's also the, the concept of willingness. But let's just leave it first to the two, character and capacity. Oh, yeah. And so while we can't speak of, at the moment, mm. we cannot speak to character, there should be a way to capture financial behaviors that will make it easier for you to get a loan. And by the way, it shouldn't be easy to get a loan because someone is going to lose money if they make a wrong decision in giving you a loan. But the decisioning has to be fair and fact-based. Yes. So what Bucks enables the, the potential borrower to do is to represent himself in a fact-based manner. Yes. So, meron ka ng fact-based, may negosyo ka ba? Oo. Let's just look at it from a medyo, not extreme use case. Okay. May DTI registration ka ba? Oo. May mayor's permit ka ba? Oo. May ID ka ba? Oo. So, at least alam ko tao ka, di ba? May legit business ka. <laughs> uh, so, pero paano ko alam na may negosyo ka talaga? Right. So, that is the gap between 
proving yourself as an entity that is authorized to borrow money and pwedeng habulin kung hindi magbayad kasi alam ko kung saan ka nakatira, alam yep, ko kung saan yep. negosyo mo, alam ko naman kung anong negosyo mo. The gap, and ito akong nagpapautang, the gap is, ano ba yung estado ng negosyo mo? Are you making 10,000 a month? Are you making 100,000 a month but only in three-month intervals? Is your, is, are you a one-time, big-time business which is not a bad thing? There, there's a seasonality. Let's say it's yearly lang ang kita mo. Yep. Pero 10 million naman ang kita yep. mo and the whole 12 months is a ramp-up. That's your own vacation. Yeah, or, or, or a ramp-up to the sale. Correct. Right? So information, and we get to that point. How much information can we get from the potential borrower, from the entrepreneur? How much information can we get from him that will give him a fair the lender, a fair picture of the borrower? But more importantly, as you progress, so credit has to be seen in time. So CCAP is now being aligned to have a time dimension. Dapat kung pautangin kita ng 1 million ngayon at 24% interest, which is like a credit card rate. Yep, yep. Kung magaling ako magbayad, baka naman in 6 months or 12 months. Bayad na. Kung bay, kahit hindi pa bayad, baka naman pwedeng bumaba yung interest rate kasi yung risk ko sa'yo, yung unang lower. is lower. Yeah. So yung 24% is initially based on whatever risk rating you have. But if I've been paying you already for 8 months, right. you, you've already lost 3 fourths of your risk kasi nabayaran na kita for 3 fourths of the year. And you've earned your keep by then. I, you've earned your keep by then. So now it becomes a dance. Si borrower, sumasayo siya, pinapakita niya dun sa nagpapautang na, hey, I'm getting a better and better risk. Hindi kita lolokohin, close na tayo. Pautangin mo naman ako ng mas marami or habaan mo yung period ko or babaan mo yung interest rate ko. And on the other hand, the lender also has to learn how to dance because the lenders so far have been very happy taking collateral. O bigyan mo ako ng collateral. Parang hostage, di ba? Right, right. Kung pwedeng firstborn child siguro hingin, baka, for, <laughs> baka pwedeng i-collateral yun. No. <laughs> I'm not recommending that, by the way. Probably uh, in the 18th century. Yeah, maybe, maybe. maybe. Yeah. Uh, or, or, or uh, you know, or at worst, yung lupa, and then mm. there's no chance to recover, and that's the only family asset, and things like that. The lender has to dance as well. Yeah. Constantly reviewing the dancer in front of him so that he can dance to that same tune. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're working on with the lenders as well. And CCAP is part of that educational process of lending. Mm -hmm. So you have to work on both sides of the equation. That is amazing. All right, now let's, let's take our last break and when we come back, we will now talk about open finance and why is it such your mission now? Okay. Again, this beautiful career and path. I love it. It's so unique. And again, I, I resonated with it a little bit more because oh, I'm not a smart, smart, Traditional smart student, but I, I did it in a lot of meanders. And again, I Street resonate. smart, baby. Yeah, there you go. Uh, UST, baby. <laughs> Some palak, baby. That's what it is. I learned by trade. Yes, absolutely. That's why I speak English. Because if I speak Tagalog, Sampalok, Tagalog, nobody no. will believe me, especially with this look. All right, let's talk about that more after the break. Hey Hustlers, it's time to talk business once again and we're excited to share a bit more info about our sponsors, Sprout Solutions. And again, just like what I said at the start of the episode, you should check out Sprout's Payroll Starter as you grow your own startup. Because this bundle that they have is literally what you need to take your startup to the next level as you grow your employees. And this bundle is your key to freedom, including payroll outsourcing to experts, a subscription to timekeeping and attendance software, and government compliance services. Sprout's Payroll Starter has you covered for payroll, BIR, SSS, and taxes. All the stuff that no founder loves to do. So let Sprout handle the busy work and say goodbye to lines and tax payment stress. All this 
That's for as low as 5,000 pesos. Again, that's just 5,000 pesos all in for your payroll in HR needs. So visit sprout.eh payroll-starter-monthly-5k or again, just click the link in the description box of this episode to elevate your business management game. And again, big thank you to Sprout Solutions liberating your time for what truly matters. Hey hustlers, wish there was an easy way to open a bank account and grow your money without the hassle of lengthy application process and income documents? Well, I got good news because today's sponsor, Uno Digital Bank, is here to help you achieve your financial goals. You can easily open an account with the Uno app in just five minutes and one valid ID. And as one of the six digital banks licensed by the Banco Central ng Pilipinas, the company is committed to providing customers with simpler, better, and more accessible banking. Last year, Uno Bank was recognized by the Asia Banking and Finance Awards and bagged the title Open Banking Initiative of the Year due to the success of its partnership with Gcash, one of the Philippines' leading mobile wallet platforms. And with the Uno mobile app, you can access an hashtag UnoReady savings account and enjoy daily interest crediting. With their hashtag UnoEarn or hashtag UnoBoostTimeDeposit accounts, you can enjoy a high interest rate of up to 6.5% per annum. Enjoy monthly payouts with hashtag UnoEarn and flexible tenors with hashtag UnoBoost. Other app features include pay bills, the Uno Virtual Debit MasterCard, life insurance, scan and pay with QRPH, and phones. And the one thing that I really love about Uno Digital Bank is they're open to collaborate with a lot of Filipino startups. I've had a chance to see the partnerships that they've had lined up with the startups that they have, and it's truly exciting to see how a digital bank like Uno can enable startups to unlock the power of fintech through digital banking. So if you're ready to elevate your banking experience, download the Uno mobile app today from the Google Play Store or App Store. Or if you want to collaborate with them, I'll be happy to give you an intro. Just shoot us an email at hello at huffleshare.com. Hey, hustlers. I hope you're having a great 2024 so far. As you know, a lot of startups had a very challenging 2023, and hopefully things are going to do better this year for a lot of us. Not just because it's the year of the dragon, but also because our sponsor, Dragon Pay, is here to help your startups process payments in the most efficient way. Established in 2010, Dragon Pay empowers businesses of all sizes to accept and disperse payments through secure and convenient channels, giving your customers the flexibility to choose the payment method that suits them best. With over 85 partner channels, 35,000 partner branches nationwide, including QRPH, e-wallets, crypto, buy now, pay later, and many more. They also process an astonishing 15 million transactions processed globally each month. Dragon Pay is your trusted choice for online payments. And here's something to show you how legit Dragon Pay is. Dragon Pay was named FinTech of the Year at last year's Philippine FinTech Festival in 2023. So let's make 2024 extra prosperous for you and your startup in this year of the Dragon. For more details, head on over to dragonpay.ph. That's dragonpay.ph. Trust the pioneer, trust Dragon Pay. And we're back in the break. We are still with Jaime Gurchitarena, who's again. I'm a big fan now. Uh, I've always thought you had the. The MBA route, the 
BCG route and whatnot. Oh. But man, after not learning this, not at all. I empathize with you so much because we were once the sakit ng ulo of our parents. Correct. <laughs> Correct. And that's why they ballroom dance during Christmas party very hard. And I'm sure while they're ballroom dancing, they're complaining about their children. <laughs> that's probably what happens. You know, these these, these family socials uh, with adults getting together, it's adults or otherwise strangers. I yep. bet 99% of the time, they're just complaining about their kids. <laughs> yes. We just never were able to comprehend what they were saying. Correct. I, thought they, I heard my name. Huh? Never mind. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> They must they must be talking about how great I am. <laughs> <laughs> that is super funny. But again, I want to zero in because the, when you said earlier with the, with the million dollar question, your hustle is pushing open finance. Right. I want to understand first, how does UBX then play into really fulfilling this very ambitious mission? Because again, open finance, yeah, it can be highfalutin and just say that, yeah. Very highfalutin. Right, whatever. But what does it exactly and why is that the mission? Okay, so we have to start first with why does UBX think it has the, the chops okay. to get into all of this? This very visionary, not yet known even around the world. I think Europe is the most advanced and we have Australia, some bits of it in the US and just emerging in Asia. Okay. Why, why do we put ourselves at the center? Well, number one is because we have experience in many institutions across the financial ecosystem. Mm -hmm. So we deal with banks. So we know how banks think and we know what their needs are. Mm -hmm. we, de we deal with entrepreneurs. So we know what their needs are. We deal with individuals because uh, some of our services deal with individuals as yep. well. So by understanding each market, we can see the disconnect between the three. And the role of open finance is to connect. Uh, like an API. <laughs> like an like, API. But but tech, the tech people in the audience are saying, oh, API, alam ko yan. It's a seamless exchange of data as long as you have the right tokens. Easy, no? <laughs> but then many many companies don't have APIs. So yes. Still now in 2023 correct. as we're recording this. Correct. <laughs> so the fail point, the gaps that we're trying to fill has to include those that are either super tech so mm -hmm. or the capability to super tech up like banks and other exotic financial institutions. Yep. But it should, should also offer a tech path to people who have no tech at all. So to that's, be inclusive. And I really don't want to use that word okay. because it tends to bring out too much emotion. <laughs> okay. Kasi Calm down. Don't cry. Yeah, so don't cry. Because mm -hmm. when you say inclusive, hindi, lapat, lahat dapat pwede. Hindi. Mm -hmm. Dapat tinatapat mo yung pwede sa may kaya. Makes sense. Tapos, pero may path yeah. to get to. Everyone has the same path. Mm -hmm. So, it's inclusive in that sense. So, UBX says, if credit mm. is the ultimate goal, kasi we deal with MSMEs. And it's a dance, as I mentioned. Yep. A dance between the borrower and the lender. Mm. Then in order for the borrower first to put on the best dance that he can, he should be able to present himself or herself. Okay in the most complete manner possible that is attested to by someone. So how do we do that? So if you were to, and I'm just gonna use very broad terms. Yeah, if we use, for example, the example of an app, and all my life, literally, let's just make it literally first. Lahat ng ginagawa ko sa buhay ko pumapasok dun sa app na right. My location, my payment behaviors, my social behaviors, my affiliations, my ownerships, mm -hmm. and my identity. Yep. If all of that were there, I should be able to represent myself to anyone in a factual manner. Na hindi sila magdududa kung sino ako. The moment mawala ang duda or mabawasan ang duda, nababawasan din yung risk na nararamdaman nung magpapautang. Yes. And so, UBX takes its experience across all of the participants, individuals with MSME concerns, 
and enterprise level and financial institutions and says, what will make you comfortable dealing with each other? Mm. And then the dance can begin. The first part of any dance, to your point of going to a club, hey, how are you? Nice dress. Yeah. Paano ka nagpapakilala? Mm-hmm. At siyempre, nakikilatisin mo din yung kung sino, kung kanino ka nagpapakilala. Yep. Yep. Once you make that connection, mm-hmm. parang love connection to, <laughs> di ba? Once you make that connection, that initial connection, it doesn't mean magkakatuluyan kayo. Nope. But at the very least, you'll have a nice conversation at the bar and maybe share a drink. And together. you shot your shot. You shot your shot, right? Mm-hmm. So, yun ang ginagawa namin. We're trying to give everyone a shot. Nice. And I the only it. way we can give people a shot is if we give them the vehicle to present themselves in a fair and factual manner to the people they want to introduce themselves to. Now again, highfalutin sounds very, very, again, sounds beautiful. But <laughs> I know- It's yeah, heaven. Utopia, right? We're, we're building heaven. Yeah. <laughs> if we live in a dystopian present right now, that is a utopian future that correct, we all strive correct, for. Correct, correct, correct. But just like society, there are, levels that you have to build on correct, top of. Correct, Like a ziggurat or like a pyramid, yeah. right? That you want to build on top of. What are the steps that you guys are building in UBX to get there one step at a time? Okay. So, minsan kasi when we get into a developmental conversation, yung yeah. parang utopia, uy, parang financial heaven ang pinag-uusapan ni Jaime at <laughs> ni Ron. Everybody can borrow. Tama. Mm-hmm. No, no. It's not like that. So first, yeah. you have to build on success. Mm. So you start with the most simple use cases. Low-hanging fruit. Low-hanging fruit muna. And may reason doon, ha, papaliwanag natin. Mm. If, for example, kunyari lang, kunyari lang, if a bank, okay. takot magpautang kay Taho vendor kasi mobile siya, wala siyang pinupuntahan, yep. di ba? No Ay, walang address, di ba? Mm-hmm. Pero hindi siya takot magpautang sa sari-sari store. Di magpautang ka muna sa sari-sari store. Got it. Pero... Pag umuutang ngayon si Taho Vendor, tatanungin mo, may sari-sari store ka ba na tinatambayan? Para pwedeng sabihin ni sari-sari store owner na totoo yan, ang lakas magbenta niyan. So, pag, kasi pag inisip mo ng developmental, ah, ba't dapat yung pinakamahirap? Dapat yung pinakawala? Eh, paano mo nga papautangin? Eh, mahirap na nga at wala. Walang maipakita. Makes sense. So, ang gagawin mo, maghahanap ka na mag-a-attest tungkol dun sa mahirap at wala. And normally dapat, you develop a relationship first with the next tier up. So when you layer a solution to, to borrow your analogy like a ziggurat, mm-hmm. you don't necessarily have to start at the bottom because that's where the most difficult is and that limits your potential for success. However, you have to commit mm-hmm. that if you start at the middle where success is most likely, you will start moving downwards relative to where you started. Yun ang minsan nami-miss ng mga nagsasabing, oh, dapat inclusion, dapat lahat ginagawa natin para sa segment na to kasi talagang silang walang-wala. There's a mechanism for that. It's called either charity yep. or developmental funding. Yung yeah. talagang walang ine-expect na balik. Yep. But when you're talking... Philanthropy. Philanthropy oh, yeah. na yan. Charity, philanthropy, or developmental funding. But if you're talking about building a structure that involves a business model, mm-hmm. you're really approaching it from how can we make it profitable for both parties, when we say profitable, hindi lang yung nagpapautang ang kumikita. Pero dahil napautang yung umuutang, kumita din siya. And then as we, as we move down the chain, there's no sense in moving up the chain because kaya nga sila up the chain na sila. Once we start moving down the chain, then it becomes developmental. Then you get the charity organizations to support you in your developmental exercise. How do you know if you guys are moving? Because again, every single attempt to go either upstream or downstream, yeah, there's going to be hits and misses. Correct. 
right? There's going to be pivots that needs to be done. Correct. Right? How do you know if you are at the right path? And if you hit a wall, how do you guys pivot towards the right direction? Okay, how do you find out first that you're headed in the right direction? This is really where data comes in. Kasi dapat, nade-define mo yung unang pinautang mo para mm. ma-define mo kung saan ka pinakakomportable. Kung kunyari, isa lang ang nagpapautang. Mm. So you have to find first a borrower base that matches them completely para your goal is 100% success rate. Makes sense. Okay. And then once you define kung sino yan, kunyari, the ideal borrower has 10 data points that have to be checked. 10 mm. lang. So you find a borrower, you find a lender that will match with 10. And that's easy. Mm-hmm. Then, but when you're sure that those 10 are solid data points, you now look for a borrower that might want to lend at 9. Got it. Inuunti-unti mo, binabawasan mo ng binabawasan. It's like walking closer and closer to the edge of a cliff mm-hmm. to get a better view of the beautiful sunset. Got it. Sa una, malayo ka. Oh, ang ganda ng view. Tapos, lapit tayo para makita natin mas maganda yung view. Sa mirage pala. <laughs> Tapos pala, may butas. <laughs> so, no, so, so you take a step further and then you feel safe. Ah, pwede pa pala dito. Do we take a next step? And the, what you want to do is to get as close to the edge as possible without falling off. Exactly. Where you fall off is where the developmental agencies and the charities come in. Mm-hmm. You know, hindi mo na kayang, pati ikaw, hindi that's mo... That's not our game na. That's not our game. Mm-hmm. And at that point, hindi mo na rin masusustentohan yung negosyo mo na nagpapautan. Makes sense. I remember Mag saying this analogy because during the AI summit that you guys did several weeks ago and months ago, that, okay, the in CCAP now, what the... Most people that borrow in CCAP are e-commerce vendors. So it makes sense, right? Uh-huh. You need money to be able to buy inventory so that you can sell it in Lazada, especially correct. now. It's correct. 6677 all the way to 1212. Correct, now. correct. Right? So that's easy. Oh, that's a low-hanging fruit. That's probably the 10 out of 10. Uh-huh. But what's the next layer? Again, there are cash flow startups now that are thriving in the Philippines. Right. Okay, they have the capitalization. Some of them have seed funding, blah, blah, blah. But all of these people are now resorting to just, hey, Pitching competition. All of a sudden, you right. know, the, 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 right. the traditional equity route. But guys, if you just really are short in, say, trying to make payroll, but you have an AR that you sure are going to be able Correct. to make, you don't have to scratch and claw and take sharky deals. Correct. And sell, again, the upside of your business just to be able to make ends meet. Correct. There is a lot of in the platforms like this where CCAP is the top dollar where you can actually bridge the gap yes. without selling off your future or, or selling off your footwear, there's no coming back. Correct. And, right? and that's where we come into, ano, and since we're already using yung dance analogy, and yeah. I don't know if Filipinos love dancing as much as they love singing. <laughs> but uh, just using the, Our moms will say uh, our moms otherwise. Will otherwise, correct. Mm-hmm. My, my mom was not a big fan of singing. Uh, <laughs> so this is where kind of MSME education also comes in. Yeah. They have to understand the dance as well. Mm. You can't dance. If the MSME is dancing the cha-cha and the lender is dancing the tango, you're mm. going to look like idiots on the dance floor. <laughs> it's gonna, no, and it's going to look like a dance-off. Yes. Para kayong naglalaban. <laughs> Di ba? So, dapat, so harmony. So harmony. And that's where also CCAP comes in. There are lenders that lend at 10 points. There are lenders that lend at 9 points and 6 points, 5 points. And I guess until a certain threshold of whatever mm. points. So that's the other service that CCAP does is that just because you're six, that doesn't mean I can't find you a lender. It's just that you have to understand that the lender will base you on your six. Now, right. your job as the other half of this dancing partner is to make yourself into a seven, make yourself into an eight, get yourself to a 10, so that either the lender who's lending you at six and maybe at, you know, not 24%, but let's say 32%, mm. 
by the time you feel that you've become a seven or eight and he's still lending at 32%, and this is where the lakas ng loob comes in, you go to him and say, hey, why am I still at 32 and not at 24? And then, eh, wala, ganun talaga, sa akin ka lang umuutang. In that case, I know I'm an eight and that's where the scoring comes in. Let me go to CCAP to find me someone who lend me at eight and give me at 24. Okay. Great. Now, I mean, I want to understand. So, of course, most businesses will probably don't even know where they are in the spectrum. Like, are yeah, they are a, one? a 10 or a 1? Or a yeah. 10, yeah. right? What would be your advice for businesses to give themselves, you know, the, a better chance that when they're ready and when they want to explore these options with UBX, with Box, with CCAP yeah. and all the other products that you guys have, to have a better shot so they're not really walang-wala. They're not zero. What yeah. are the things that they can start doing now to make sure that in the event that they're ready, once they start knocking, they have a better chance that they're not going to get embarrassed. Right. So, alam naman natin, and this is no disrespect for my government friends, lahat ng tao takot sa BIR. Yes. Diba? Kasi, minsan nga, yung, yung tax mo, baka ubus na yung kita mo. Kasi mm-hmm. thin ng margins mo. Mm-hmm. Even if that's the case, first of all, don't be afraid to register. Yes. Okay. Importante. Be board. Oh, kasi, when you register, there are already facilities that can be offered to you by government that will provide you already support. Like, for example, you can have a small business and then there's a five-year tax relief from your, and you can also deduct certain taxes. Mm-hmm. So don't be afraid of, make yourself visible. That's number one. Yep. Number two, and I'm not saying don't, <laughs> don't declare all your income, but there has to be proof of an income. Of course. Dapat maipakita nyo na may kinikita kayo. Not just your listahan. Try to do it as above board as possible. Kung pwede. Use software again. Get some help. There's a lot of people who are willing to help you with just basic, even just a ledger app would would. You know, I'm I'm gonna be very agnostic and I'm not gonna self-promote, but there's this app I hear called Peddler. Yep. And they seem to have the right tools Shout for uh out Nel right? Ligo, my right? good friend. Okay. No, it's it's there, it's mm. fantastic. But also I'll also promote ours, see Bucks. Bucks. If you can enable digital transactions, kahit if you have one hundred percent transactions and you can only tell people, oi, baka instead of paying me cash. Pwedeng digital ang payment mo sa akin. Para it gets recorded in Bucks, it gets recorded in Gcash, it gets recorded in Peddler. Kahit hindi lahat ng kita mo, digital, basta may digital record. It's better than cash na wala kang record. Or just better than the notebook. Better than uh, the notebook. Or the Julina Magdangal notebook that you have. <laughs> sa, sa generation ko, Manilin oh. Reynes. <laughs> now it's Bea Binene. I don't uh, even know who that is. Okay. Uh, so, too so, young for us. <laughs> too young for us. So one is make yourself visible. Mm-hmm. Then number two is make your transactions visible. Okay. And then number three, there are, I think, four credit bureaus in the Philippines today. Okay. And there might be more, but there's mm-hmm. FinScore, there's CIBI, there's CRIF, and there's TransUnion. Yep. Give them a call and ask them if I want to get a credit score, whether for myself, because kung small entrep ka lang, it's for myself, or my business. And I think it's Criff Dunn and Bradstreet might mm. do that also. Mm. How do I get it and how much? Normally, it's between, depending on what kind of score you want, it's like between 150 pesos to I think 500, 1,000 pesos. Okay. So you go there. So you're now visible. You have any number of limited transactions that are digitally recorded and can be attested to by whether it's Peddler or Box mm. or any other person. And then you get yourself scored. Between those three, you will be more prepared than 99% of all of the startups Wow. Small businesses. Because most people don't even because know this. Because most people don't, they don't want to register. They don't want to make their transactions. Any cash na lang, mas okay ang cash. Or and then said, ano ba tong score na to? Wala akong prueba. And by the way, the banks use the services 
of Finscore, of right. Criff, of the so that's DNB, their only of basis. That's their only basis. So right. if you get, if you find yourself registered in their database, kasi kumuha ka ng score, not only can you use the score to bring to the bank, but also you will now be part of the record of that credit bureau that you have. So that when the bank inquires about you, you're already there. You're already there. Perfect. I yeah. love it. All right. Last few questions. In, in your opinion, I'll just go back to you as Jaime. Okay. Me I, as I love Jaime. that you're already carved out how UBX is going to play this utopian thing. What do you think is still missing link in bridging that utopian future that we have? Of course, there's, there's again, the step-by-step process, but there's going to be things that, again, are outside of our control yep. that would probably accelerate this furthermore. What do you think is that? So the government and the regulatory bodies can do a lot to bring this quicker. One of Which my they've already done, though, a lot. They, they've uh, so done far. a lot, for sure. And Open Finance is a BSP initiative, so yes. that's big shout out to them. But one of the challenges, for example, is why is one peso in the real world worth less in digital world? Because of all the fees and transactions. Mm. So that's why people don't want to do transactions online. Yeah. Right? The second one is adoption of technology. And that works on the side of the, uh, the MSME yeah. and also on the side of the banks. Mm. MSMEs don't want to get visible by data and banks aren't so adept at using not either digital transformation tools or data science to help them refine their products. Yeah. And again, that's a fault on both sides. Yeah. Ayaw magpakilala or hindi marunong magpakilala. Nobody wants to go to the dance floor. Ayaw kumilala. Mm-hmm. Diba? Gusto lang nila yung kinikilala lang nila. May bank account ka ba o meron ka bang collateral? Yeah. Yung kabila naman, gusto ko lang cash saka ayaw kong habulin ng BIR. Mm-hmm. Between the both of those attitudes, hindi talaga nagkakatagpo sa dance right. floor. There's a chasm that someone has to make the first move. And that's what we're trying to do. Again, Open Amazing. Finance is trying to bridge that gap mm-hmm. where we assure the banks that this is the way, this is the way. Uh, <laughs> Mandalorian reference. There you go. The information that will be presented through UBX to a bank is attested to in real. And the fact that the, the, the borrower, the data subject, the customer, has taken the time to initiate this recording of his complete information is a sign of good faith. And in return, the bank or the lender will say, I will use that data properly so that I can give you the best deal possible and not just give everyone a flat rate of 24 to 36%. That is amazing. Now, last question uh, for you, Jaime. As an operator, there's not a lot of people who I've talked to that have been able to, again, be a leader at this point, running various teams and various products and whatnot. What's your tip? Because eventually, startup founders, if they do themselves right, they're going to have to migrate from becoming a founder to becoming a real CEO or operator, whatever the yeah. fuck your title you, you want to be. Yeah, whatever you right? want to be called. Again, that, that, that Lord really and master matter. of all you survey. Whatever, right? Lord commander, <laughs> if, you wanna be a, if you want to be a Night's Watch. But I want to know what your, your strategy or your advice in managing multiple teams that are cross-functional, that have different agendas across the board. Because now you're, you're doing that and it's a, such a dynamic and ambitious environment here that you guys have in UBX. But there are things that as leaders, you need to learn yeah. how to execute and nobody's going to teach you. Yeah. What are, what's that advice? So the first one is you maintain credibility across your teams. You as a leader have to be credible. And that means whether you started it yourself or you hired people to start it, then you have to be able to show that you're involved across all. Yeah. Na naiintindihan mo yung negosyong inumpisahan mo. Right. Right? 
The second one is you have to be constantly connected. Until you come to that point na parang chairman of the board ka na, na super confident ka na that you've, Multiple cloned, layers. Uh, that you've cloned yourself to the degree that you don't need to be, you think that it's hive mind already, which mm. by the way has its both drawbacks and advantages. Mm. You have to make sure that you're very connected to the process. Right. And then maybe the third is be empathetic to the people who are running the business for you at those lines. Absolutely. Because you empathy means... Am I providing the environment? Like me setting up the toilets for my factory workers before. Am I setting up an environment where they're designed to succeed? And if they don't succeed, why? Mm. And then that extends downwards to even the consumers, the customers of your downlines. Mm -hmm. So you have to have credibility as a leader. You be, have to be constantly connected as a leader until you find that point of it's time to disconnect. Mm -hmm. And then you have to be empathetic to the entire organization, mm. all the way down even to the customer. And maybe there's a final point. Know when it's time to let go. There will be a point where you are the blocker. Yeah. And if you can't identify that point, what you're going to find after that mm -hmm. is that you're going to lose your credibility. Correct. You're going to lose your empathy because you're, you're, you don't understand the problem. People are telling you the problem, but you're not empathetic. So you don't. And then you'll find your business falling apart now. Right. And again, there, there are going to be days where it's going to be dark, where, again, you feel like your team is against you. You're the bad guy, right? Yeah. But as a leader, you have to really see beyond that because at the end of the day, it's your responsibility to do those four things that you've met. Yeah. And also have the humility. Am I the blocker? And get feedback, right? Correct. And the other thing that's hard, and personally, this is what, what I struggle with sometimes, is that you have to find a way to love your team even if they don't love you. Yeah. Right? And that's all right. Right? It takes a certain level of maturity as long as you are looking at the same North Star. And you yes. agree? It doesn't have to be a family. It, it's a business. Right? Yes. Families compromise. And even families fall apart, right? Correct. But in a business, you're building a freaking team yeah. that is going to the same goal. And at the end of the day, if you're looking at that North Star and that's utopian, if you hit that, I don't care what your differences are. Yeah. We might not see each other eye to eye. But just know that as long as we are teammates and you, I'm your leader, I got your back. Yeah. Even if you hate me. That's the empathy. Right? Yeah. And it requires a, a certain level of, again, repetition to get that. Because as yeah. a young founder, I've seen this a lot. Like, oh, I will only fight for you because I love you. Yeah. yeah and you see you love me. <laughs> but once quarreling and debate happens, if you're not able to separate the emotion from that, it's going to be hard. And again, have good co-founders to do that. I miss my co-founder because that's where yeah. we had that, that Each push and back, pull. Yeah. Right? I hope he helps me. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's still in heaven. But well, again, yeah. Hmm? When you know, to be fair to startups, the challenge is you really have a three-year window. Yep. And part of that three-year window is maybe a six-month to one-year ramp-up before mm. you actually sell the product in a meaningful way. Mm. And then by that time, you have to decide whether you're going to invest another X amount, literally putting yourself at a higher level of risk because now you're taking on capital. Correct. And three years is a very short time to learn. Surrounding yourself with the right people early on mm. is really key if you're talking about startups and founders. But now when you get to the fourth year, fifth year, maybe stable, kind of client base, kind of, and you can afford to be more broad and expansive. Pero dapat very, I won't say ruthless, but dapat very specific 
match sa vision mo. Pag hindi kayo match sa vision, baka in the early three years, maybe that might be a, not be a good place to start. Ah, absolutely. Yeah. And at the end of the day, that's why you have to validate. Commit Uh-oh. as many mistakes as you can in the first three years because yeah. the last thing, again, that window is small. Yeah. If you didn't do enough to really discover your business and make the right pivots, there's a time limit. Yeah, three and years when, is probably it. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that's why there's a three-year rule. Most startups fail within the first three years. Correct. That's why it's such a milestone when you go beyond that. Oh, right. And you're you're thriving, and you figure out product market fit. If you're not even have product market fit, that's okay. As long as you have a cash flow is number cash one. Cash flow, and you you have a growing traction, customer base correct. and traction, yeah. and you have a great team. Correct. Again, just because you 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 didn't make it or you're just well beyond three years doesn't mean you're shit. Yeah. Everybody has their own yeah. timeline, but just be cognizant of, of those three years. Rule of thumb. Uh, yeah. When you get that past that three year mark, then you should have something that you that's got something going to last yeah. Yeah. already. Yeah. Again, Jaime, thank you very much for such an amazing hey, episode. It was fun. Amazing. But before I let you go, invite people over. Where do they go and how do they want to, if they want to work with you, what are the products that they should look out for in UBX? Well, without saying too much, just go to ubx.ph. Our two main products is Bux. It also has a separate page, Bux.ph. And CCAP, our lending platform for all you MSMEs out there who are looking to find uh, lines of credit. CCAP, that's S-E-E-K-C-A-P.ph. That is amazing. But before I let you go, Jaime, follow us whatever podcast app you're listening to, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any type of podcast app. We do have a new show also on YouTube. Check out Pounders Only on the Hustle Share YouTube channel. And if, again, if we did say some jargon like ziggurat, what the hell is a ziggurat? Uh, go to the Google show. Google it. <laughs> Google it, okay? The Nebuchadnezzar is going to be looking you up. But again, it's going to be the show notes on hustleshare.com. And if you want to be part of our recordings, again, just like our Hustle Share premium members, it's going to be in the premium.hustleshare.com. Again, Jaime, thank you very much. Hey, Ron. Happy to be here. All right. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace.